Hello and welcome to the Grace Point Community Church Podcast Network. My name is Joey Butch. I'm the youth pastor at Grace Point Community Church, and we'd like to welcome you to our weekly sermon series. Uh, we're kicking off the new year. Uh, kind of took a little bit of December off, uh, but we're back here with you each week. We will uh, post up on Monday the sermon that was preached from the Sunday before that. And so this week, it was my turn to go up and preach. Uh, we were our pastor has been uh, in the hospital dealing with some sickness, and so um, we've been praying for him. And if you uh, understand the situation or know what's going on there, even if you don't, if you could continue to pray for his recovery, um, that would be much appreciated. But uh, this week, uh, it was my turn to preach, and uh, I spoke about just the the call that God places on our lives and uh, some pitfalls to avoid. And, uh, and, and why, we, why we need and why we're built to follow that call to, to be more Christ-like. So, without any further ado, here is this week's sermon. I've already been emotional this week. This thing could go anywhere, guys, so you better like put the seatbelt on. I'm not even sure where we're going to get headed today, so just be ready for that. Um, but it is the new year. Did you know that? Did you guys know the year changed? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? We were, uh, we were in Ohio the other day, and uh, yesterday, and on there, like over the highway signs, it said, uh, new year, same virus, and I was like, man, that's encouraging. <laughs> like, it said, new year, same virus, like, oh, boom, that smacked me in the face with it. I, I, I forgot, you know. But yeah, 2021, I saw some memes, people were saying that it's disturbing that this year is called 2021, it's almost like 2020 W-O-N, like one, but yeah, but yeah, and they're like, well, does anybody feel bad about that? I'm like, no, I'm ready to leave that one. Uh, but for some people, 2020 might not have been the worst year. In fact, it was, uh, there were some bright points, definitely. I had at least uh, three friends have children, or two friends and my sister, I guess she was my friend. Uh, yeah, she's my friend. But uh, three people I know had babies over the over 2020. It turns out when you quarantine in the first quarter of the year, uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of a baby rush at toward the end of that year. You guys can do the math there. Uh, but so yeah, for some people there were bright spots for 2020, and some other people were happy to leave it behind. They just couldn't couldn't get past it quick enough. It's kind of funny. Months change all the time, but we make this one special. Because right? really, 2020 was less than a week ago, right? And, and it's just, what's the difference between November to December and December to January? It doesn't, it's kind of odd how we put all that importance on it, but uh, it is a new year. There's something about it that feels refreshing, and oh, thank you. I was, I was dehydrated up here. If I collapse, Chuck, just take my notes and just keep rolling, all right? We'll be fine. We can do, we have a plan in, in, in place. Uh, but it's the new year, so happy new year to, to all of you. Uh, yeah, everybody's in a new year now, so happy new year to that. Um, today, we're kind of kicking off our new year theme, and Pastor Chuck can introduce that. Missy, can you throw that slide back up there again, the new year theme? Um, so we can show it to everybody. The first one that Pastor Chuck gave us the, with the walking feet. Is it there? there we go. We, our theme, does anybody remember what our theme was from last year? 
vision, vision, right? 2020 vision, boom, boom, boom. I need James up here, boom, 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 right? 2020 vision, okay? And, and we thought we'd be cute with that, but also with the direction of, hey, the vision for the future, right? No one knew that we were going to get slapped in the face with a pandemic once in a lifetime, hopefully, uh, thing that happens. No one knew that was coming, right? And so last year's theme kind of ebbed and flowed <laughs> with the year as it demanded itself, right? And uh, Lisa's on the camera today. Lisa, I'm going to be moving. So just be, I'm feeling fidgety today, so just be ready for that. Uh, I'll, I'll do my best, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's our theme this year, where, where he goes, we're going to follow. Because we were, it, it was, Pastor Chuck brought it up, and he's like, hey, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. So let's just go where Jesus goes. And we're all like, that's a really great idea. Like that, I like that. That I like the way you think, you know, like that's a good idea. So uh, this morning we're going to look at some beginnings because I guess that fits. It's the beginning of the new year and um, a, a call to follow. And when, what that means for some of, the, some of the disciples who received a call in the passage that we'll talk about, but also for us today and how that uh, impacts us in our life today. So we're in Luke 5. Uh, it's verses 1 through 11, okay? So here's what it says. I'll read it to you because that's a lot of text on a page. Don't worry about that. It says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of uh, Gennesaret, the people were crowded around and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon or Peter, uh, and asked him to put out a little sh- uh, from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, we'll let down the nets. In verse 6, it says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled for their partners in the other boats to come up and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partner. And then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, they left everything, and they followed him. That's the text we're going to hang out in today. Um, It's just... There's all kinds that we could spend a month in that if we if we wanted to, but we're just we're gonna jump around a little bit and highlight it uh, this morning. But today's message is all about the call that Jesus placed on those particular disciples there to follow Him, and then how that relates to us uh, and the call that He's placing on each one of our lives, right? And so the first point I want you guys to take from this kind of a standalone thing before we move on is that Jesus always initiates the call. Like that's how it works. Like it starts with Him. And so we tend to get uh, real, what's the word, possessive almost, right, with, uh, with what our call is. We want to know. We want to find it. We want to locate it at the right time and the right moment for the right thing. And if it's not for that right thing, then maybe that's not my call. Right? It's backward, right? It, it, if, if it's not, if it doesn't fit into the plan I set, then, well, then it, it can't be right because I set that plan. Okay? But the truth is Jesus always initiates the call. And that's a good thing because we know it comes from a good place. Like I, I have thought genuinely good intended things and they've ended up wrong before. I'm sure you guys have never done that, right? Maybe some, but I've done that, right? I've done that. I've, I've been well intended and ended up looking like I had 
egg on my face and uh, having to apologize to people for mistakes. But if the call is initiated from Christ, then we know that it's going to be perfect and good and, and be in our best interest, right? So it's almost a, a relieving thing to me when I think about it. It's I'm not uh, responsible to create or uh, out of nothing my call. Like Jesus has already figured that out and set that for me. My responsibility, your responsibility is to figure that out and live inside of it, right? And, and that's kind of the hard part. But everything that we have or we're ever going to have is because of what God has done for us. So it makes sense that the call that he puts on our life would be a part of that. And remember, this is all a part of a great redemption plan. Like everything that Jesus is doing in this passage here by even being on earth is a part of the plan. Like from the moment man fell in the garden and sin entered the earth, there started this huge redemption plan for all humans, for all of us that have ever existed, will ever exist, which is pretty amazing. Sometimes I feel this big when I think about how, how vast the universe is. I saw a guy with just a little telescope uh, could, could see things 300, I think he said 300 million light years away or something like that. I saw a video the other day. This guy was looking at these stars and things, and it just that makes me feel this big. You know, did you guys see the Great Convergence? Did anybody uh, where Saturn and Jupiter, you could see them both at the same time. They were right next to each other. And if you had even the slightest bit of magnification, you could actually see the rings around Saturn and Jupiter's like four moons and all that. And I see that and I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a grain of sand. Like, and then I hear things like this, like that the creator of all that cares enough about us individually to, to include us into his plan. He's getting a bad deal as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> but, uh, but, but if he wants to keep us involved, I think, uh, I think that's best for us. So uh, the first question that really pops into my mind when I hear that there's this plan for each of us, there's this call on each of our lives, is why would anyone want to turn down such an opportunity for a fresh start? So fresh start is a big theme for New Year. Everybody, what's some of the biggest resolutions? Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose weight, quit smoking, uh, what? Well, uh, Exercise, that's, that's yeah, did you like the, the, pre, the countdown clock? There's going to be all kinds of people in the gym the next month that just have no clue what they're doing with any of the, thing, <laughs> the equipment that they're using. Uh, but, yeah, exercise, lose weight, eat better. It, a, a lot of it's about personal improvement, right? Or some people, it's uh, about a relationship. We're going to work on this. I'm going to be a better parent. I'm going to be a better husband or wife. Like, it's, it's all across the board, but it's always about being, having a fresh start. It's almost, like, like I said, just because it went from December to January, things can be different. Right? But a fresh start isn't just cornered into January 1st. <laughs> like You don't have to wait until January 1st to restart. But since it happens to be, what is it, the third, the fourth? I don't even know. Third? Yeah. Since it happens to be the beginning of the year, let's just talk about it now. Why wouldn't anyone want that opportunity for a fresh start? Why would anybody turn that down? So I thought about some reasons to not answer the call. Not like a phone call. Like I have a... <laughs> You ever call somebody and they don't answer and then they text you right back? You have, yeah, yeah, that always gets you. I'm like, wait, you're holding your phone, you text me, but whatever. Maybe they can't talk at that time. I'm, I'm getting off topic there, sorry. But uh, I'm not talking about answering the call, like the phone, you know. I'm talking about answering the call on your life from Christ, okay? And some reasons why people might not answer that call. The first reason is that it might inconvenience you. You know, yesterday I was saying I went to Ohio, went over the Brent Spence Bridge for the first time since it caught on fire, and, uh, and they fixed it. 
And it was, uh, you can still see some of the, you know, I'm sure it's not damaged. Well, I hope it's not damaged, but I don't know if I'm sure about that. I'm not a bridge tech or a civil engineer. But uh, you can see where it happened, exactly where the fire happened. And uh, it's so great. I haven't been over it yet, but I knew the day it opened because traffic just relieved everywhere. It was beautiful. It, I, we couldn't go anywhere. We were moving. We were selling our house and trying to get all of our stuff out of it in enough time. And so I had the trailer from the church on. And if you've ever been on Dixie Highway with a trailer on it, the, the road's not big enough anyways for like two cars to pass. And then there's the trailer, and it was just terrifying. And traffic everywhere, just bumper to bumper, every road everywhere. It's crazy how one bridge being gone just messed up our entire infrastructure. It was very... Uh, inconveniencing. It really was. I was frustrated. You know, I didn't say anything bad or get mad or lose my temper because that would be unholy, right? But, uh, you know, I totally didn't do that. You know, you can't, uh, you can't gesture people that cut you off when you're pulling the church trailer. <laughs> you just can't because you never know, uh, you know, who could be. Not that you should do that ever, but, you know, if you're pulling the church trailer, you really got to be on your best behavior. And uh, it was real inconveniencing, but the truth I mean, the truth is really, I think the biggest delay might have cost me 20 minutes. You know how many times I'll just fall asleep and go, oh, well, 20 minutes, oops. <laughs> like in the day, you know how many times that happens in a day? Too many times. But, uh, you know, I have narcolepsy, all right? I have a condition. It's for real. <laughs> but uh, probably the biggest delay I had was 20 minutes. Like, what is that really all that inconveniencing, right? 20 minutes. But it's funny how, like, minor changes to your plans can just feel like the biggest thorn in your side. You guys have that problem. Maybe it's maybe I'm maybe it's just me with that. But like, if something big happens, I can roll with that. I can handle that. We can we can. All right, what do we need to do? It's the little stuff that changes. Those little minor inconveniences where I thought the day was going to go this way, but it went just a little bit different. And nothing huge, but just a little bit different. Those things tend to make me the most frustrated. To push me to the to my to my edge, right? When, and it's usually when I'm tired or when I'm hungry or something like that. It's always easier for me to get angry then. But what do we do when the call that Christ places on our life inconveniences us? Because it's going to. Right? It just, it just is. If, it was, if this thing was easy, it, then no one would struggle with it. It's, go, it's going to happen, right? When, when it's more than just a road closure. For, and, and for Peter and the, and the other disciples there, um, there's, there's so much for them to be annoyed about in this scenario, right? Like, their day's work was mostly done. They, they'd already come in, in, uh, in Matthew. Yeah, it was Matthew. They, uh, they're talking, it, it says that they were washing their nets. <laughs> like, you don't wash your nets at the beginning of the day. You do it at the end, right? So their day's done. They fished all day. Uh, and it, it, they were washing their nets. They're cleaning them up. And to be asked to take those out again, to go fish water that you already knew was, wasn't that great, that, that could be frustrating. That is an inconvenience, right? It's not going to ruin their life. It's not going to end their day to take the nets back out, but sure was inconveniencing. Sure was enough of an excuse for people to just say, ah, sorry, Jesus, I'm not going to do that. Like, you know you shouldn't, Let's just list some stuff here. You know you shouldn't uh, go out and, and, uh, and get drunk, right? You know you shouldn't go use drugs. You know you shouldn't uh, watch pornography. You know you shouldn't cheat on your spouse. You know you shouldn't beat your kids. Oh, that's the big stuff, right? But what if God's asking you, what if, what if your call is asking you to, uh, I don't know, tithe? 
give up some of your income for that, right? Or what, what if he's asking you to give some of your talents back to, to, to him, right? What if, what if he's asking you to serve him in certain ways that, that don't raise the red flag of, I know I shouldn't or should do that, but they're just in the middle there, right? How, how many times do we get inconvenienced and just say, sorry, Jesus, I, just, I don't feel like doing that today. So they clean, they're cleaning their fishing nets. Have you ever seen a fishing net? Have you guys seen those? I think I had a slide with fishing nets on there. Just, um, it's, uh, they're gross. Look at that. Some of those are more modern. Some of those are pretty traditional. But uh, imagine throwing a net in the, in the water all day, and it's got fish all over it and fish scales. You ever got scales on you, like from a shiner, anybody? You got, and they get stuck to your skin, and you can't get them off, and it's just... It's a gross thing. It's not a job I would want. I like to fish, but not commercially, right? Like, I like to fish, but not, not commercially. But the, these nets are dirty and gross. They've already cleaned them, and Jesus rolls up, and he's like, hey, let's go back out there. And by the way, we're going to take those nets you just cleaned up. Hmm. They could have just said no, right? But they didn't. They did it. The command that Jesus gave was inconvenient. So that's the first thing. It might inconvenience you. The second reason somebody might not answer their call is that it might not make sense in the moment. So when, when you're in it, it might not make sense to you at all. You might look at him and go, what are you talking about? Okay, I know I never thought about ministry. That was never a thing that was on my radar. I wanted to be a history professor when I was in middle school, and then I, I switched it up. I thought, I'm going to go make a ton of money. I'm going to go be an orthopedic surgeon. I'm going to go to med school, and I'm going to do that, right? And so uh, I did, let's see, what was it, two and a half years of pre-med, and I just, I hated it. <laughs> it was so bad. I just did not like it at all. And uh, I still wasn't thinking about ministry. I was thinking about, well, I'll just go teach history. It'll be fun. I'll teach at a school, or I'll go be a professor maybe one day. That'll be great. Um, and I started volunteering with a youth group in Maine, and all of a sudden, things changed. I started feeling this draw to it. I was, I was uh, devoting more time to that than I was the other stuff from my college life, right? And those two things started to, to uh, fight each other. When I say college life, I'm, picture college life, okay? I'm not, I won't get into it, but just picture that, right? And so my two lives started to fight each other, push each other away, and one had to be chosen, right? And so I figured, I, I was sitting at an intersection going to get a sandwich, I, uh, for lunch. And I was like, God, I'm going to give it a shot and see what happens. Here we are. So that worked out pretty well. Uh, God's, pretty, God's pretty great. But um, it didn't make sense in the moment. I remember when, he, when I first felt called to ministry, I was like, that's no. You don't want that. That doesn't make no. You don't, I don't know anything. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not living the best life at the moment. This was back then, right? And, uh, and, and you just don't, you don't want any part of me. I used to be terrified to talk in front of anyone. Uh, I still get nervous about that, but it, God can get over all those things for you. He can work through all those things if you just say yes. But in the moment, it didn't make sense at all. Think about this, okay? Put yourself in the position. You're a fisherman on the boat there, okay? This guy walks up. Now, you probably know about him because it says that a lot of people were following him and he was teaching, okay? So you probably know about Jesus. You've heard his name. You've heard Jesus. You've heard the name. But you, it's the first time they've met him, okay? And he rolls up, and now you've fished your whole life. Uh, I'm pretty sure it said that their father was a fisherman too, which means that family business, 
They've been fishing forever. They know how to fish. It's what they do. It's how they live. And a guy that walks up to you that doesn't know how to fish, <laughs> that you know isn't a fisherman, and tells you how to fish. Okay? You've just come in from a day of fishing. You haven't got anything. It's been a terrible day. You just want to go home. You're mad. You're, maybe you're hungry. Maybe you're, maybe you're nervous about how you're going to pay for, you know, the boat or the, all the stuff you use to keep your business open. And a, a, and a rabbi walks up and tells you to go out and tells you that, oh, well, just fish again. Just do it again. Trust me. Just do it again. And, uh, man, I wonder, I wonder how many churchgoers have heard about Jesus, right? They've heard his name, but they ignore that interaction with him, okay? So this is the first real interaction that these human people, right, these disciples, soon-to-be disciples will have with Christ, okay? I wonder how many people have got to that point and just ignored it because it was inconvenient or because it didn't make sense. And they just said, well, yeah, I'm, I know that guy is telling me something that is good and people are following him and they see something about it and, yeah, Jesus, whatever, but, I, man, I just fished all day. I know what I'm doing. Don't waste my time. Hmm. Sorry, that just hit me. I, don't, I wonder how many people have, that's, that's sad. That makes me sad to think about that. Any of you guys fishermen out there? Anybody fish? Yeah? yeah? Dave, I see you back there, Dave. See that hand? Yeah, yeah, I love to fish. Uh, I really like to fish. In fact, I threw some uh, pictures together from the last big fishing trip I took. It was me and my dad and Pastor Scott and my mom, and we went to, I can't tell you where we went because it's a secret location, uh, but <clears throat> I can tell you it was a 16-hour drive one way. That's what I'll tell you. And uh, there's, those are some of the fish we caught up there, some of the best bass fishing I've ever been a part of. We caught 196 largemouth bass in three days, uh, and it was, whew, it was amazing, okay? So, Pastor Scott, if you're watching, you should be asleep, but uh, if you're watching, hey, uh, we're going to go fishing again later. So, get better, get out of there, and we'll go back. You can fly, I'll drive. I'll drive the boat up, you fly up, and we'll go fishing again. But uh, I really like fishing. It can be one of the most enjoyable things, like one of the most enjoyable hobbies on the face of the planet. But you know what I didn't put on that slide? Was the stress involved with pulling a boat 16 hours one way and 16 hours back. Or the fights that I got in <laughs> yelling at while we're loading and unloading the boat. Okay, If you want to see a show, go to a boat dock and just set up a chair and just sit and watch. Okay, <laughs> Just sit and watch. I saw... Uh, my dad was telling me there's someone, they make a shirt, and it's, uh, it, husbands wear it, and it says, I'm sorry for what I said at the boat dock, <laughs> right? Because uh, if you, it's beautiful. If you want to see a show, go watch people load and unload boats and just the things that happen there. But I, I didn't show any of the tough stuff on that slide, just the good things, because that's what you want to talk about. But trust me when I say the last thing that you want to do after a long, unsuccessful day of fishing is get all your stuff back out and cast back out in the dead water. The command of Christ just didn't make sense in that moment. It just didn't. None of the facts added up, but it, they listened to him anyway. They did it anyway. So, a third reason people might not answer the call is because the good might distract you. So, some of the good that God brings to our lives when we start to follow him and we start to really dedicate our life to him, in a weird way, can distract us from what he's genuinely calling us to. Chuck, we talk about this with recovery guys all the time. Uh, the job or the relationship, right? That's the two things that, that can tear guys down the most. They can be growing and, and, and really getting close to God and, 
They'll get a bad a job that puts them in with bad people, or they'll get in a bad relationship, or even a good relationship sometimes that can, yeah, or even a good job, right? The, the devil can disguise things like that, put the, the white light around them. Oh, hey, here's this job, but uh, you got to work on Sundays, and they're going to work you late every Wednesday night when you want to go to that small group. Sorry, but hey, you got a job, Right? And, and he can he can kind of show up in the good and ruin the call that God because don't don't think for a second that the moment that you answer the call that the enemy's not going to step his game up, okay? The moment you answer that call is the moment that you become a problem. You're not really a problem before that. You're just kind of sitting on the bench, okay? You're just out on the side. But the moment you answer that call and you start to follow Christ with your life with actual action, you immediately become a player in the game, which makes you a threat to the enemy. Okay, and so imagine this scenario for a second, a counter scenario to what actually happened. But imagine Jesus performs this miracle. He gets so much fish that the two boats are going to sink. And I don't know how he got them to come back in because I've been on the water with fishermen in lightning storms. And if the fishing is good, you fish. <laughs> That's just how that works. And uh, I've, who cares about the lightning? Like if you die, you die doing what you loved, you know. But uh, it's uh, imagine this. They come back in, they're astounded. They see, oh my goodness, this guy, something is, something, he did something. He did. And they're, they're pulling the fish in, they're thinking about, this is two months wages, or maybe this is, I don't know how long it would have, you know, fed them or kept their business going. And they're thinking about that, and they're excited, and they're talking about it. And Jesus is kind of off to the side, right? And they're counting their fish, and they're looking at this, and they're all excited about it. And he's, he's wanting them to look up at him to follow him, right? but they're too distracted by the bounty they just pulled in, okay? Which he provided, by the way. Don't forget that. But so the good he provides distracts them, and he's like, hey, guys, why don't you follow me? And they're like, oh, no, we have so much work to do. We're just going to stay here and process all this we just caught, and tomorrow we're going to go back out and see if we can catch that many again. I know that sounds crazy, because we know who they're dealing with at that point, but people, we do this all the time. (laughs) We do this all the time. God starts to provide certain things for us, starts to, to make a way for us, and we start to follow him, and we get distracted by the materialism of it or the, or the lust of the eye, right? God provides you with a great relationship, but instead of going down, the, now, they're close paths, right? They start just, you know, you take one degree, straight lines, you take them one degree off just like that, right? At first, you can't really tell they're going that far different. You just, you can't. Eventually, they're going to end up in totally different places, right? And so you have this relationship maybe, and you're like, oh, this is great, and God wants you to, be, uh, to, re- to respect the, the sanctity of marriage, right? He wants, you, he wants you to use what he has designed for marriage in the way it's designed for, right? But you, you're like, man, but she looks really good, and we just happen to be alone, right? And, and your past starts to diverge, and the good that God provided all of a sudden turns into something that's now destroying you. Does that make sense? Yeah. And how often do we trade that? Do we see the good and we just, we stick with the good and we forget the call that God's placed on our life? We say, God, uh, I don't need you right now. Thanks for providing what you did for me. But when I need, when it gets bad again, I'll, I'll call you. I'll call you. Have you ever, sorry, Have you ever witnessed somebody have a genuine encounter with Christ but then later explain their way out of it? I have. 
they'll say things like, uh, I just got caught up in the music. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just emotional about something else. I haven't ate well. I haven't slept well. Uh, you know, I'm on a new medication or whatever. Uh, you know, I just, the classic is, I don't know what came over me. And I've sat next to people saying that, and I tell them, I know what came over you. I know what happened. I watched it. I know it because it happened to me too. It's unmistakable. But the the process of watching somebody take a a supernatural encounter with their creator and placing it under this microscope until we can change it just enough that that we can explain it with our human brain, um, it breaks my heart to watch that happen. But it happens all around us. When God places a call on your life, you probably won't be able to explain it completely. And that's okay. It really is. Uh, our call is to be lived out throughout our life, not mastered in just one single day. Amen. So as you're growing, as you're, if it seems a little confusing, just stick with the last thing that God told you to do. <laughs> right? Just do, the, do what he told you to do and keep doing that, and he's going to clear that up for you eventually. I can't tell you when. Sorry. It would be great if I could, wouldn't it? Oh, man, that would be awesome. But I, I, I can't. That's not really how it works. It's a step-by-step thing instead of a here's where you're going to end up thing. Because if you knew where you were going to end up, it's not really faith then, is it? Like At that point, you know, if he has to tell you all the plans, then you don't trust him. Amen. Then you just you don't. That's, that's, it, he's God, we're not. We should trust that, right? Amen. But don't let the excitement and the power of a moment outshine the commitment that has to be made when we receive the call to follow Christ. Now, be excited about it. Man, when, when someone encounters Christ and when their life has changed, Throw a party. Be excited about that. But don't give people uh, unrealistic expectations, right? There's enough reasons for people to turn away from their call. We need to not be giving them those. We, I'm talking to you people who have already answered that call, okay? There's enough reasons out there for someone to walk away from Jesus. They don't need to be getting those from inside the church, all right? That's just how that, and and I'm not, we're great at that. Like, I love our church. I love how accepting and how, how, uh, how, how loving that our people are. Every time we have a membership class and we ask people, why here? They say, because you made us feel like we belonged when you didn't even know us. And that's because they do belong. <laughs> that, that's, just, that's how that works, right? So you may be asking at this point, like, okay, cool, great. Like I, those are things that might keep me from answering my call, but uh, how do I know what my call even is in the first place? And so there's all kinds of calls. There's, people are called to full-time like ministry, right? Now we're all called to full-time ministry. That's a whole other sermon for another day. But some people are called to full-time uh, as their everyday job ministry. Some people are called to, to missions work either in the country or out of the country, right? And, and, and some people are called to be laymen of the church, to be workers, to be people who uh, are going to be the behind-the-scenes just fabric that holds a place together, right? Some people are called to to use their musical talents, to use their technological talents, to use whatever talent God has given you, you are called to use, right? And so if you're confused about what your call is, you don't know what it is, and that keeps you from pursuing it, let's simplify it real quick. We all have one similar call, and that is to follow Christ, to be more like Him. So if you're confused about what your call is and you don't know quite the direction you should be going, live your life as Christ lived, do what He did and what He's told us to do, and that's, and you're going to figure out, he's going to lead you to what your individual call is, right? I looked up what following means. It means uh, to go after a person 
or a thing that's proceeding ahead. Okay, so you can't follow something that is not in front of you. You can't follow something that's not going before you. If you're, so if you're, if you're living your life, and this happens, and I'm, be careful how I say this. <laughs> uh, people will come to me and they'll say, I'm just so lost and so empty and so sad. And, and, and the first thing I usually always ask is, well, how's your spiritual life? Like the job, the family, like I know that has huge impact on that. I know that, and then you can't, you can't pull it out into just one section, right? But how's your spiritual life doing? Because what happens is we get involved in all those things that distract us from our call, and then we feel empty, and then we use that empty feeling to keep us from answering our call. It's like this cyclical thing that traps us, right? It's like I'm tired and I'm sad, but I want to know what my call is, but I'm tired and I'm sad. You, you follow me? Have you ever been trapped in that? I've been, I think everybody's been there, right? And that's, it's this cycle that, that we get stuck in. But to, so to follow means to go after something or someone that's gone before you. And in that way, Christ has gone before us. Like he's left the path for us to follow. It's not just blind guessing in the dark wilderness, like just grabbing and hoping that you find something, okay? He's, he's there. He wants us to follow him. It, it's, it's at the core of what we're designed to be. But at the center of that call is a call to follow him, both in our physical actions and our spiritual attitude. He doesn't abandon us the moment that we answer the call to follow Christ. In fact, it's really the opposite. When we answer the call to follow Christ, he shows us how to execute that plan in our lives. So certain things become more clear when we, when we hone our focus in on Christ as he shows us that direction. But here's, the, the, here's a big point here. This is the tough part. This is the real, the real reason why people don't follow their call. The call to follow Christ will always cost you something. It, it just will. I've said it before from up here. I'll say it again. If it costs Jesus something, which it did, then it's who are we to expect it not to cost us something, okay? And that's a great recruitment speech, right? I love that, like, hey, join the church. It's going to cost you something. You're going to have to give something up or change your lifestyle or do something. You're going to have to really self-assess you, you know, and figure it out. And, but the good news is we don't do that alone. Like Christ is there for us. He's constantly molding us into, into more like him, okay? Look at this last verse. It says, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And here, check this out. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. It doesn't say, so they told him they could do it in a week after they figured out their affairs and talked to their dad about it who owned the fishing business and got a replacement. It doesn't say that. It says, so they pulled their boats up onto the shore, left everything, and followed him. I love when the Bible understates things. They'll just drop a line on you, you know, just like that. Just, just a line. And you read it, and then like you go right into the next paragraph, the next story or whatever. And it's like, wait a second, hold on, time out. <laughs> like, back it up there. They pulled their boats up to shore, left everything, and followed him. That should blow you away when you're reading it. Re- read the Bible slowly. And I have, I have trouble. I like to read fast. I'm a fast reader. I want to read fast. I want to get the information. I want to go through it. Don't do that with the Bible. Read the Bible slowly, okay? Go back and read it again. Go, it re, you read a passage, go read it again a second time if, you're, if you can't slow down, right? 
But we, we miss things like this all the time when we read too, through too fast. They left everything and they followed him. It's, it's amazing to me. It, it blows me away. They, let's talk about what they left. Careers. Families. How mad do you think, how mad do you think their dad was? Right? Like, like, like the family business and, and they're just walking off, right? I don't know. I went to school to be an orthopedic surgeon so I could uh, make a lot of money and pay for my parents to live the easy life, you know? So I tell you what, the phone call to call dad and tell him I was going into ministry and uh, was, uh, was really fun. Hey, dad, uh, no easy life anymore. Sorry, man, I'm going to go be a preacher. They don't exactly uh, rake it in, you know, <laughs> like that. And that's, that's okay. That's not, the, that's not the point. God has provided for my family and I more than, more than we deserve. But uh, expectations of what you might have been, what, what life might have been. I'm sure there were plans in place that they had for their life. Sure there were. They put them all aside. They just left them there to follow Christ. This, this really shows us today that nothing is more important than our call to Christ. People get really uncomfortable when we talk about this. So let's, let's hang out here for a second because I like being uncomfortable sometimes. What couldn't you leave behind if he asked you to? Because I, so hang with me, okay? Don't, I'm going to say some things. Don't check out. Let me, let me land the plane afterwards, okay? What couldn't you leave behind if he asked you to? These disciples left families. It doesn't say what kind of families. They could have left parents. I don't think spouses probably, but uh, relationships. You don't know, right? We don't know the exacts of it. They left behind every plan they ever made for their life, their homes, a, a guarantee of square meals every day. They left all those things behind. Or another way to frame it, I guess, is what aren't you willing to give control up to God over? Right? Because people will say, well, God would never ask me to leave my family or to leave, you know, my, like I'm, he wants me to be a father and a husband. And you're right, he does. He does want you to do that. I'm not saying that he's asking you to leave your family. Sometimes, though, I think we take possession of those things and they become a block between us and Christ. Does that make sense? Am I being too, is it, am I, can I say that? Is that okay? Okay, I said it, so too late now, right? Do we love our kids too much to dedicate them back to Christ and to really let him take care of them? I'm not saying step back and don't be a parent. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying do we, do we love them too much? Do we hold on to them too much that maybe we hold them back from what Christ is wanting them to do? Or do we love our marriages so much that we don't even want God to be a part of it because it's our space? And that sounds crazy. I know to some people it sounds crazy, but to other people... Um, some people, the idea of being second place in someone's life is unbearable. But the truth is, like, Christ is... Now, I know we've talked about a ton of times Christ is throughout the list, right? But His commands to us are, are top of the list. Look at what the disciples did here. He says, hey, follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And they, and, they, and they just did it. No, it doesn't say they hesitated. It doesn't say they waited. They did it. So... 
What is it that you don't want to give control of? Sometimes we don't want to give control up of the things that are the most important to us. Um, but no matter what choices we make, we always have to make them. There's always a transaction, okay? We deal in soul transactions every day. Maybe not money, but soul transactions every day. We give pieces of ourselves away, um, either to others or to stuff or to Christ every day. We get to choose where it goes, right? And so... Um, Think about that this week as you're thinking. We're going to uh, close up here. Praise team, you guys, come on up. Um, but I want you to think about this throughout the week. I always like to leave people with a call, like what to think about, okay? I want you to remember that we each have a call in our lives, okay, to follow Christ. And whether that call is inconvenient or it doesn't make sense at the time or no matter how many distractions there might be around you, the fact remains true that we're, we're all called to follow him. Okay, and I also want you to challenge yourself this week. Do this. Okay, do it. Ask yourself, what does it cost me to follow Christ? Because if the answer is nothing, then you're probably not doing what you're supposed to be doing for for God. Maybe there's something you need to remove from your life. Maybe there's something you need to add into your life to follow Christ completely. Now's a great time to restart. It's the Oldest day of the year, it's the newest day of the year, right? It's a, we're, we're here. It's, it's a time where people love to have a fresh start. So here's your chance now. What do you need to give up? What do you need to add in? Trust that God's going to take care of you, right? Whatever it is that's keeping you from following Christ to the fullest, I want you to, I want you to think about that this week and really, uh, really, really address that. As we go into 2021, don't be afraid God's gone before us. The only way we can follow is because he's already there. He's he's there waiting for us, and it's our job to to figure out what he wants us to do, right? There's something just therapeutic about the new year. It's built into our brains, right? So what better time to start and rededicate than now? Be like the disciples in today's passage. Be willing to, to let go and follow God at just a moment's notice. Don't let anything hold you back from it. You know, I it's funny... I think I've learned more in the last three years of being a parent than I learned in like the 15 before that. <laughs> like kids teach you a lot. They don't, it, you don't understand that until you have them. You're like, oh, wow, I'm learning things from them because you think it's the other way. And I'm sure our kids, I'm sure Lily and Violet are learning from, from us, hopefully good things. Hopefully they're not listening to the bad things. But uh, um, something to leave you with, kind of take after my, my daughter, Lily. She's three. Well, she'll be, be three this month. Uh, when she falls, whether it's her fault, whether she did it on purpose, or whether I told her not to be running and she tripped and fell, and, she, you know, it doesn't matter. When she falls and she gets hurt, she realizes that damage has been done, right? Uh, it doesn't matter whether it was an accident or, or her fault completely. She doesn't care about that. She feels the pain that the mistake caused. And instead of letting the shame of the circumstance get her down, she knows exactly what she needs to do. And she runs to the Father. Hello, and thank you for listening to the sermon this week. I hope in some way uh, it inspired you or helped you out or God spoke to you in some way through it. Uh, If you want to know more about our church, you can go online, find us on gpcchurch.com or .org. Uh, Either one will send you to the same website. And you can get into contact with some staff there or anyone that could get you a question answer to, I mean, to any question that you might have. 
Thank you for joining us, and as always, hope you have a blessed week.